0: Hello, you are listening to Talk The Line and happy birthday to us. We are 50 this episode. This is episode number five zero, halfway to 100. I'm Jen Long. On this podcast every week, I talk to a musician generally about something that they are passionate about. We have done that 50 times now. Slightly more, we've got a few saved up in the bank. We upload a new episode every Friday. All of our previous episodes are online at talktheline.blog. Our first ever one was with Shura talking about space and her love of Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. The last one we did was with Alexis Taylor of Hot Chip and Solo fame, and that was on Marimekko and Volko Nermesnimi. You can follow us on social media at TalkTheLine. You can follow me at Jen Long. And if you like this podcast, please help us with the next 50 and subscribe. Depending on which side of the fence you sit, California-born singer Andrew W.K. either killed the pomposity of rock music, reinvented it for a new millennium, or dumbed it down to the point of ridicule. His debut album, I Get Wet, is undeniably iconic, from the bloody-nosed portrait on the cover to the record's breakout single, Party Hard, which launched a thousand games of beer pong. This year, he released You're Not Alone, his first new album in almost 10 years. He says that the record industry is an exhalation of my love for music itself, a plea to recognize music's eternal power and glory in the face of hardship and pain. Partying hard remains integral to everything Andrew does. He's even built a life philosophy around it. And after giving a four hour lecture in New York in 2006, he kicked off a motivational speaking tour that played across every state in the US. I chatted to Andrew and his bandmate, Eric Payne on the subject of partying. I did also record this with a little dachshund called Frank sat on my knee. So if you hear any low growling during the podcast, it's not Andrew. I have no idea how we got onto the subject of rashes, but that is where our conversation started. Oh, I fine? had this rash once and I went to the doctor. I thought I've been on holiday and I was in Barcelona and the, my back tans like went brown, apart from these white patches, and I thought I was getting like vitiligo or something. I was, you know, when you're like panicking and you're like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. Anyway, I went there. Apparently, it was a fungal skin infection from uh, wearing my gym kit for too long. Oh
1: wow! Yeah, That's it just to hear keeps that. coming
0: back every now and then.
1: Oh, it stayed with you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. It's all right, it's well, I'm fine. sorry to hear that. It's, fine. It's, not, it's not contagious, you're all right. Okay,
1: good. <laughs> Don't worry. <I'm> not, <laughs> we're sitting well, far nice away enough anyway. you offered that and didn't have to ask. Because <laughs> I was getting ready to ask.
0: Have you been in this room all day?
1: No, just for a couple hours. <clears throat> okay, that's good.
0: It's quite warm in here, it's quite stuffy.
1: I appreciate you saying that because I felt that same way, not only about this room, but with all due respect to Sony because this is a beautiful facility. Mm. Um, other rooms as well and not unique to Sony. In fact, my manager's office, which is, again is a very nice office space, was, I would say, hot and, and stuffy. There's a there's a type of humidity that instantly causes me to perspire and feel unwell, mm. and it's not conducive to work. I say, how can you work in this environment? It's, it's You need to open a window or turn a fan on or, or make it colder in here, but then I'll see people working in that environment happily all day, and not only that, but dressed, quite warmly and wearing layers and suits. And I, that's one thing I've wondered too, is how do people stay in here and wear all the layers of clothes? So I'm glad you, you noticed mm. that too.
0: And it looks like the windows are unopenable as well.
1: Yeah, they have, they've removed the handles. It's
0: great. It's quite mocking on a daylight today.
1: Well, at least they have windows because it is a very nice room. So I thought that it was me that I just overheat too easily, or there's something no, about... No, it's
0: warm. No, it's okay. stuffy, yeah.
1: It Maybe tired. Okay, there you go. Well, that's a positive thing, because you got some much-needed sleep.
0: Well, that's good. That's a bonus. Every cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we were discussing subjects for this podcast, I kind of thought you might do something kind of psychological, like positive thinking or, like, motivational. Or something. And then when you came through with partying, I was just like, well, yeah, that makes absolute sense. Well, it
1: covers... It- I was trying to get more specific at first and then I was looking through because I was given all or many of the others that already had been done mm-hmm. and m- there was many good ones on there that were very specific so I thought okay well maybe I'll do a more general, general one because it will encourage a type of uh, breadth to the conversation.
0: So I suppose most people know the partying to start with the song.
1: I have a song called Party Hard. Which, which is was about partying.
0: A massive hit when I was a kid.
1: Oh, well, I'm Huge. Happy to hear, And it's hear transcended
0: that. generations.
1: It, people still have been listening to it, which. People I'm,
0: still go mad for it. It
1: seems to be the case. Awesome. And it, it, it's a bit surprising, I suppose, but it's surprising and not surprising. That's what you hope. I mean, of course, I hope that. You know, I don't know that I thought much further down the road than getting the song done. But if someone had told me 20 years ago, that people would still like the song. I would have been, uh, I'd say, wait, I'm gonna be doing this for 20 years. I think I would have been a little overwhelmed mm. at that time. But I certainly don't take for granted that we're still out here doing it 20 years on.
0: But was that, is, I suppose my question is, has that song informed your kind of ongoing partying rhetoric, because everything that you do, every kind of piece of media seems to resol- revolve around party. Like I was just watching a clip of you eating British party food before I came yes. to this interview. Like so much of what you do, and you had like a music venue, didn't you, in New York, which yes. was Party House. Was it San- Santos. Was it Santos Party House. Yes,
1: thank you for being aware of that.
0: But d- did it start with that song, or did the passion precede the song?
1: Well, the the mindset was there first. Right. So that song and all the other songs. The, the first song on the album is It's Time to Party. Mm. Uh, the second song on the first album was Party Hard, and and so on and so forth. So the concept from the beginning, I did want to have a concept to work within, and I thought what would be the most appealing concept, uh, not just for others, but also for myself, and I settled on on partying.
0: So you already had the passion to party?
1: Yeah, well, maybe not the passion, but definitely the mindset. Right. I wanted to have a, a an outlook, a lens or a filter through which I could approach my work that made it manageable, uh, coherent, but also fun. And also, that as, as tight or even as one dimensional as the concept is, it also could allow for really vast interpretations. And mm. in that maybe I could almost do anything within this uh, relatively restricted theme. I could find a way to do anything.
0: Because I, I suppose it does sound a little one-dimensional, doesn't it, when you say yeah, partying? Or a little exactly. vapid, even, you know, when yeah, someone's like, to. oh, yeah, partying, and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, hedonism, and then, you know, what's left the next morning, and it can kind of have those negative connotations as well. But then I think that people who go and see you live might be surprised. I remember seeing you uh, at an all-tomorrow's parties, it was just you and a piano and I couldn't believe.
1: Oh wow, you were at that show, that was a rare one. But it was a, one.
0: incredible. I mean, they all Thank like you. kind of like chats in between the songs and there was such depth in it that I was like, oh, well, this isn't just like jumping up and down and getting a bit sweaty and shouting party hard. This is like a whole other layer. So I mean.
1: If t- you see it as such, I mean, some probably saw that same show and thought that's exactly what it is. They're jumping up and down and yelling about partying. <laughs> and either one, either interpretation for me would be okay. I would be quite happy <laughs> for someone to see it as jumping up and down and yelling party because it really, what's wrong with that if it is, Nothing. you know what I mean? Uh, th- the idea certainly was to, to say, not only can something be one dimensional, but within a dimension, a single dimension, there's a lot of richness, you know? Yeah. Um, so d- even mm-hmm. it's shallowness has its own qualities as well. We're very quick, I think, myself included, to uh, equate a type of um, complexity with intelligence or value, and that's not always the case. Sometimes the simplest joys in life are are, are are massive in their simplicity. You know, the sky is one aspect of the day, but it fills up every single space above you. Is the sky a one-dimensional thing? Well, kind of. We think of it as this flat thing above us, but we know that it's really infinite. So. To me, partying was a a really instantaneous, really accessible, really understandable idea Mm. that a child could understand and an adult could understand. And in fact, it says more about the person who's encountering the idea than it does about the idea itself uh, in terms of the reaction. If someone says, oh, this is just sort of just fun and that's it, what's that? They're revealing more about their own attitude than they're revealing about the concept of partying. That's all with all critique is, 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 is all critiques are revealing more about the critique or, or the critic than they are of the, the subject, I think.
0: So if you were to break the mindset or the kind of broad scope of partying down, what would kind of be the different subsets within it? What are the things that you find really engaging?
1: Well, at it's most for me, the most basic level is is addressing the ultimate riddle of life or existence, which is, is it good or is it bad? Is it good to be alive or is it bad to be alive? Is this a burden or is this a reward? Is, is the, the, the chance that I have gotten to come into being a net positive or is it instantly just I'm dying and it's all suffering? We, For me at least, staying lost between those two possibilities has been uh, quite intense. At worst, totally debilitating, and at best, you know, mildly exhausting, or it may at best stimulating. But I thought, well, maybe that whole question of what is the meaning of life is the meaning of life in a way. That that's the, the question is 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 the answer. You're meant to ask it over and over again. You're meant to study. You're never meant to rest. You're never meant to have the answer. You're meant to stay as engaged. As, impo- as you possibly can, with as many questions as you can, uh, at least in terms of um, we're not that satisfaction that we're looking for, for definitive proof about what life is and how we're supposed to feel about it, is going to remain elusive. And rather than resent that, we can celebrate it. So that's was the party mindset. And in addition, or perhaps because we've decided to celebrate it, we're, we're, we're taking that question and jumping off and saying, well, maybe I won't ever get proof or the, the, the detailed information that I'm looking for that tells me how to live. But I can decide how to live with my free will. And I'm going to decide to celebrate the fact that I was born, to celebrate the fact that I have another day here to live, to celebrate this. Because what's the other alternative? Either to be bummed out all the time or to be completely overwhelmed and crushed by the uh, intensity of life and how confusing it is. So that was the that was the first level was just okay. Well, I'm going to decide that it's good to have been born, and I'm going to act like it.
0: And so partying, I suppose in most people's heads, it's you know, going to the off license and buying a few cans or getting a keg in, as you guys do in the states, and throwing a massive party with loud music and lots of dancing and chaos. And is that partying? Or there, sure. Uh, can can there be? Can you party in your own way? Absolutely. What, do you think there's any parameters on partying?
1: The only parameters would be the agreed upon restrictions that a society builds to keep things as pleasant as possible for as many people as possible. So, you know, I think just basic morals, such as if your partying infringes on the ability of someone else to party, then maybe it's not partying. So, murder would be an example of, of, of not partying, <laughs> for example. But it, it sounds like you're saying, could reading a book at home kind as of partying and absolutely it's being alive is the party right right so the so within that there's room for just about anything including intoxication mm-hmm. including all the, the the ordeals that you might find yourself in or put yourself through they all can be they can all count as part of this uh, revelation and the joy of getting to go through uh, as many ups and downs as one can can go through and still try to keep a resilient attitude you know Eric my guitar player who is here with us hello I'm here. Well, I was just. I don't know if, <laughs> if you had been uh, introduced yourself he, he's been in the band since the very beginning and one thing that he oftentimes said uh, to me in the early days about many different kinds of situations we find ourselves in <clears throat> maybe usually when I would ask him his advice Uh, regarding a specifically challenging situation that I might be in or that we might be in as a band, Eric would say quite calmly, it's whatever you want it to be, as though the situation was open to interpretation and that it was malleable and it was gonna respond to my attitude. So let's just pick something kind of trivial. If uh, I was having trouble let's say, uh, you know, making it to my next appointment on time. And we were we were racing there and we were stuck in the car in traffic. I could be asking him, uh, are we going to make it on time? What's going to happen? Is the the appointment going to get canceled now because we're going to miss it? Why can't this car go in any faster? And he would probably say, well, it's going to be okay." And then he would maybe say, I think it's going to be whatever you want it to be. Meaning this this ride to the airport can be torturous and stressful or we can get there we're going to get there one way or another we're going to be stuck in this car one way or another
2: yeah it's not it's not it's not a willy-nilly attitude it's it's just it's a mindset and it's yeah. a to b how do you want to get there either way you're going to get there and you can struggle and fight it the whole way or you know find the best of it,
1: it maybe in that you don't have control over life but you do have the choice of how to react to life and including the parts that you're not control in control in in control of, pardon me.
0: In that sense, then with that positive mindset, how would you approach a day like today, which probably isn't going to be the most fun and the most liveliest day for you kind of doing interview after interview, which I'm sure This is a breeze. Yeah?
1: Yeah, this is this is this is <laughs> in the upper echelons of, of what a good day could be. Okay. Yeah. So what what
0: are the positives?
1: The, the the whole thing. I mean, getting to be in these offices, like I was saying, you know, this is a very Impressive place. I don't take for granted that I get to work with this team of people Um, there's a lot of Other outcomes that I could have seen myself getting to after all these years and this is this is really good Um, Getting to be with my best friends, you know, like Eric any time I get to spend with them is good time. I don't think I've ever really been able to have a bad time with certain people Mm. no matter what's going on no matter what sort of Inconveniences or irritations or indignities if you're going through it with one of your best friends It's a pleasure almost in a strange way um, so I, I
2: also may say I mean this is a day off and I, I wanted you know To choo- choose choo to be here.
1: So that's you know, yeah, he didn't um, have to um, come. Of course. <laughs> of, course it, of course, it's you know Actually, I didn't have to come either. This was a day that we had And I said well, I'd like to make it useful We should use that time to do something Let's go to the Sony offices and we should try to set up as many interviews as we can so this is what we do. You know, what would be the alternative to do nothing? It's a very perverse situation to be in where you're desiring opportunities and then resenting them when you get them or yeah. desiring to make the most of your life and then complaining when you have a chance to. So, of course, sure, there's there's physically demanding aspects of it. And maybe there's physical tiredness, although on a day like this, that's not even really the case. but. It feels like such a gift to have the chance to apply yourself to anything, that's, that's how I think of it. But it was a great question because it would never even have occurred to me to think of this as not a great day. This is about as good as it gets.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Frank and I are flattered. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, do you find that people expect a lot from you though? Because you have kind of always preached this party, party hard kind of philosophy. And I know a lot of bands will find, especially on tour, where you'll be on like a I don't know, 30 day tour maybe. And you'll roll into a town and you'll be exhausted from the night before and you won't have had a day off for like three days. And people there are like, Andrew W.K. is coming to town. We're going to party hard. Like, how do you manage that expectation without completely ruining yourself? Well,
2: to me, I think that's easy because, <laughs> because it's real. It's just not something we say or talk about, it's how we live. Right. You know, so it's painless.
0: But you, but I mean, when you're in your 20s it's very easy to go to a party two nights in a row and to get pissed and to be fine and then when you get into your 30s you realize that hangovers <coughs> are a lot more difficult and just you... generally you know not having like eight hours sleep <coughs> do you do, do does that do, do you see what i'm getting at
1: i do i do and i'm trying to relate in different ways one if anyone's Coming to a show at all, it seems like an extraordinary event. Mm. So I'm 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 feeling ex- deep gratitude and even amazement that an audience is going to be there at all. So any hope or expectation they have is just sort of like icing on the cake that they even care enough to go, that they would even hope that I would be in a particular mood or, or, or mindset or anything. <coughs> and I feel I do feel obligated to them to give them the best experience that I can because they're letting me do this. I mean it's, I mean and Osborne always talked about how she was very insistent that Ozzy Osbourne always be as giving of himself as he could to his audience. Not that he was reluctant to do so. I think he himself is a bit um, more shy or introverted than some people might expect. Mm. But the way she was just saying it for any entertainer that the day that these people don't want to meet Ozzy or the day that someone doesn't care about you is the day that this is all over. And so that it, it, each time it happens, each show, even if you've been doing it for 40 years, is a miracle and should be treated as such. So these expectations, it's, it's, such a, it's, it's like saying, you know, oh, this dog has an expectation that I'm going to pet it. You know, it's a natural response to this beautiful, soft, fluffy creature to want to pet it. When you have a chance to, 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 to interact with people that uh, believe in what you do. It doesn't take a lot of effort to give up yourself to them because you're, you you love them, you yeah, know? and you both love the same thing, same thing together. Uh, that being said, things I, I I understand what you mean about getting enough sleep and, and things like that. But this is a quest. We are on a mission that 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 is that we've in, inflated in our minds to be so dramatic and so meaningful and so powerful. That things like sleep and, and rest and, 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 and living up to expectations, it, it, it's an odyssey where, where, where nothing could stand in the way, nothing will keep us, no challenge, no lack of sleep, nothing will stop our devotion to this, this party, this, this, this path that we've been put upon. Um, and that's the only way I would be able to do it. If I thought about it any other way, then I probably would say, well, I can't do this. I didn't get enough rest. But it's like a challenge. It's 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 like we're going to battle a holy battle for, for joy, and it's counting on us. And to have that spirit of joy itself it seem as though it's counting on us, like we're representing this, this ethereal, formless being, this entity that's saying, OK, Andrew, OK, Eric, OK, guys, tonight you're going to this town, and you're representing the joy force. So, um, and, When you feel like that's on your side and that you're fighting for that, all these other things seem very small in comparison. The the beauty or curse, uh, someone
2: could call it, is that it carries over to everything else as well. Right. You know, whether it's specifically we're talking about what we're doing here and touring and stuff like that, but it absolutely, you know, uh, trickles out into every part of my life, you know, and how how I make decisions all day long. You know, and that's, that to me is, I think, the beauty of it.
0: So even like in the greengrocers or something, even going to the supermarket, are you still consciously thinking, how am I gonna get the best experience out of this?
2: Well,
0: are there any times where you just slip into just, you know, being normal like the rest of us? And kind of going, oh God, I've got to do the big weekly shop. Oh god, the
1: milk. I mean, I really like again. going to the grocery um, it,
0: store.
2: It's <laughs> one of my, it's one of my favorite things to do, and a lot of my male friends, anyway, are I think it's think it's odd, but it, it is one of my favorite things. It's yeah. really <laughs> I go.
1: You say that right before tour, I went to the grocery store by myself. Yeah, I said, I really think this is one of my favorite places in the whole world. If
2: I miss that trip, I'm bummed. <laughs> because yeah. I don't, you
1: know, yeah. yeah you, you happen to bring up, you know, one of the odd things that that I really like like that. Uh, what's something that I would not look forward to doing I don't know going to the dentist if if it's gonna be painful but even then you know it, there is you, you something shifts something definitely shifted over these years it's been a very gradual shift where there seems to be a, a, a kind of importance to everything it feels like you're I'm in a movie mm. and 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 no experience is isn't part of that story even the most trivial or mundane it's it's all there's this incredible sense of inertia and momentum and like it's all climaxing maybe to the next show there's sometimes i can feel i feel like life can feel like that for example if we're not on tour for two weeks everything that's happening in that two weeks at home or off or wherever i am that's not playing a show still feels like it's pointing towards the next show like this is all getting ready for the next show and maybe all of life is getting ready for the next big show you know mm. there. there you know what I mean by that? That well, magnetic kind ab- of uh, Absolutely.
2: But propulsion. Absolutely. But I'm also glad that this was brought up too because I don't... Whatever. Uh, it's not like a superhero dick. You know, it's like, oh, everything is just great. To, yeah. to, me, to me, there's beauty in all of this. And that's what I well, That's what I meant by the blessing and the curse at the same time because it just... Once you know, then you do know and you're forced to, to, to you know, to kind of realize that in a lot of your decisions you're making all on a daily basis. So, I mean, it can you know, to me, I've you try to embrace it as a blessing because you are so aware of the right choices to make and, and, the, and the attitude that you want to take, whether it could be uh,
1: doing something you would consider challenging or whether it be something you consider doing that's really fun. Mm. It's purpose. I think that's what the word that people use to describe that. You're trying to live with a sense of purpose. Yeah. Everything I'm doing is meaningful. But I'm fully aware that it might just be me that is meaningful too. But I think that you might, that's a trick you can play on yourself to make life feel better.
2: When I when I was growing up, I would go to uh, the doctor and there was this little magazine. And um, it's, I, I always use this as kind of a, a metaphor, I guess, to what we're talking about. But there was this caption called Goofus and Gallant, yeah. you know, and um, the, of course they both played each situation differently. And I, unfortunately, but maybe fortunately, I, I have to think about Goofus and Gallant about a million times a day. <laughs>
1: Whether you're going to do the, the Goofy's... Yeah, whether, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah. I leave my toys out or whether I pick them up, you know, or yeah. whether I pull the girl's hair or <laughs> whether I pull her hair.
0: But you know that whole idea of having that, you know, like a tour coming up in two weeks. I do it all the time if I have, like, a weekend. I mean, every week, yeah, thinking about when the weekend's coming. And do you ever find that you're not really appreciating the things that you have in that moment on that day? And it might be, you know, like, like today you're saying, you, you're really enjoying doing interviews and doing a day of press and... You're really enjoying hanging out and helping with that but do you ever find that you kind of having that end goal distracts from the moment that you're actually in
1: that's a great question my parents used to think that I looked forward to things too much to the extent that I was just getting through life before I got to that final thing I was really excited about there's a funny uh, Tim and Eric fake advertisement that they made for a product called weight mate not W-E-I-G-H-T, but W-A-I-T, for people who couldn't stand waiting. So if you were a little kid, even though it was marketed towards adults, it would be used So if you were excited about Christmas coming and it was spring, you would take 10 mate pills and you would sleep in a blackout <laughs> state until it was time for Christmas and you wake up, it'd be Christmas morning. And that's a, but it's a great way of illustrating if we're so focused on what we're looking forward to or wishing would happen, Would we rather just cancel out all of life until we get there? And of course, the answer would be no, Mm. once you think about it so bluntly. I actually think it can work both ways. I think that the the emotional intensity of that sense of purpose and quest allows you to interpret every event as part of it and significant in some way. This means something, even if I don't know what it is, I can feel that it means something. and so, at best, you know, you, you don't turn your mind off and, and tolerate these experiences until you're able to really enjoy one. Mm. I think you try to say that this counts too. Mm. And what I again, have noticed is that when I'm with someone else who I really appreciate their company, it makes the value of those experiences undeniable or, or much, easy, much, much more difficult to toss aside or overlook, We're just getting on the, the subway to come here, was a really interesting experience. If I had been by myself, I probably would have thought, okay, I have to get on the sub- subway, I'm kind of nervous about this, I just want to get this part of the, the trip over with. But when we went as a group, I felt safe and I was able to enjoy it um, in that sense of security as this is awesome, you know, I'm, we're, 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 we're alive, I don't know. It's a, it's a new state of mind that even is kind of alien for me. But it's it's coming from uh, realizing that the best thing about all this work, but all these efforts, I used to think that being doing our work, that this quest in a way was a means to an end. And maybe like what we're talking about, looking forward to this thing. Exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, the end was, whether the end was the show, whether the end was selling a certain number of records, whether the end was some other kind of ambition being fulfilled, some kind of formal sense of achievement. It was almost like a, a deathbed kind of clarity where you see that all of that, all that striving and all the, those efforts, all it was, was an excuse to spend time with people that mattered to you. Mm. That's all that this ever was. It was never about getting this or doing that or achieving this, it was always just about us being together.
0: So you didn't really have those kind of goals of like, I want to sign a record deal, I want to sell I this many. I did. Penny. You did.
1: I, of course. But I didn't time, realize but. that… that, that what I would end up most valuing about having signed the record deal was the person I met when I got to sign it. Right. You know, and yeah. that's strange. I never would have thought that before. I always thought that I myself and all other people were means to mm. an end.
0: Do any of you have kind of like faith structures in terms of your belief? Because a lot of what you're saying does sound like quite spiritual. Like, do any of you kind of believe in like karma or um, I don't know any any sort of pagan type things or any of the the big Classic religions:
1: I think that the, as ways of interpreting experiences mm. that are otherwise difficult to contemplate, it can be very useful to have points of reference. they're really tools to look, lenses again to look through. Karma' is a great example. Whether you believe in it or not, it's a really wonderful way to consider one's impact and, and cause and effect and action and reaction. So whether you call it karma and and you adhere to it, or whether you occasionally view an experience like that um, or your your own behavior and judge it through that, it can be very useful. And I think that a religious existence, I think, is is attempting to fuse the the spirit that you have inside you with the day-to-day rigors of material life to some extent. But, you know, I, I even looked up religion. Dave and I were talking about this because we were trying to figure out what the Trinity was, yeah, um, which is mysterious in itself and can mean many different things, even if it's as simple as, you know, a man, a woman, and a child, it, it, a, a thesis, an antithesis, and a synthesis. But we looked up religion, and the first entry, even in Wikipedia, was there is still no consensus as to exactly what religion is defined as. I thought that was pretty Enlightening actually that yeah. it's mysterious even in, in its most basic form. So to even be religious must be to uh, accept some of that mystery as well mm. Or that the mystery could be the starting point and the end point <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should we go down to some of the more basic partying questions then whatever you like. feel like I've like grilled you on your that's like good, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> deep theological beliefs.
1: This is, this is the, this is the we, we, shallow stuff. Uh, yeah, we talk oh, okay. about this
2: more often than you might think.
0: Do you actually, do you actually talk about Because I feel like you know so much of your press, people do take that partying hook and, I mean, we're doing it right now and build a sort of structure around it. But do you actually sit and talk about these sort of things when you're all together and on the bus and, or in well, hotels? Well, if, if
2: I may say eight out of ten of our conversations are absolutely about this and then we talk about work you know, really?
0: or playing. So what's the sort of structure of it in terms of kind of life decisions, choices coming up, things to mindset. do your careers? Mindset. Mindset, ways all to think mindset. about it.
2: And, and to come full circle with what you were just talking about, to me, I believe in my gut, you know? Mm. And as far as, I mean, it's, it's all the same thing, karma, God, whatever, you know, but it makes it a lot less confusing. You know, if your stomach doesn't cringe, it's probably gonna be okay.
0: Yeah. Know? So do you think you have quite strong morals?
2: I'm striving for that, for sure.
0: Yeah. Where have you recently kind of quavered? Where you've been offered something? Maybe, maybe you've been offered some kind of like I don't know, brand partnership or something, and you're like, "Ooh, the money's good, but oh, are they an ethical company? Or I don't know, do you see it fitting in with your kind of who you are as people?" And some, something along those lines. Have you had anything that has challenged you and your positive mindset? Those, lately? those big
2: ones are. I mean, I, I, those those ones are e- the easy ones for me. It's the right. small ones. And those are the ones that get me, um, and it's constant. I'm not. I'm not proud to admit that, but it's constant. But that's living, you know. And I'm glad that I'm l- at least aware of it. I call it hurricane brain, and I think it. It's there's you know it. It can be anywhere from super healthy to almost, um, going mental, you know. Mm. And so I'm just trying to find balance on that.
0: What you, What are the little ones then? Is it like. To to not order to not eat meat or to not have dairy. I'm trying to think. I'm thinking I'm, to, I'm to think broad, but all I'm going to right now is dietary requirements.
2: It's absolutely as simple as that, and that's one of them that I've, uh, I'm experiencing Ice right cream. this minute. Yeah, Ice cream.
0: Yeah. Ice cream. Are you are yeah. you trying to be a vegan? No. No.
2: No. No.
0: no. no, no. <laughs> are you trying not to judge vegans? <laughs>
1: I'm trying not to that <laughs> as well. I think uh, he, what he said is very true that. Sometimes It seems like the bigger opportunities or uh, encounters that are very uh, intense you'll have a more intense reaction that will be more clear. It might still be challenging to, to, to rest on one uh, plan of action but it's those things where you catch what you said and wish you had said it and then wonder should I have said it differently? And then I, there's nothing I can do to take it back. And now I hear I am thinking about it again. I wish I could just stop thinking about it. Well, I shouldn't be so hard on myself about thinking about it. Well, now here I am spending another five minutes. I just want to turn it all off. Well, but you know, it's not good to turn it all off because then I'm to be, so, and then you can descend into these these spirals of of, of thought and, and, and self-doubt and second guessing. But I think that's okay. And I think that's what Eric was saying, is we're both trying to encourage each other to, uh, to be at peace with that phenomenon. That's mm. part of being human.
2: And that 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 passion also comes from being a complete wreck, you know, for a long time. Right.
1: Something else that you were pointing at that I think is worth getting out is the idea of instinct. And you said this uh, the potential situation in which some opportunity came through, but your instinct told you not to do it. You could have, You could have a a whole rule book for how you made decisions on what kind of business opportunities to follow through on, for example, and you could have an opportunity come your way that meets all your criteria and yet your instinct tells you not to do it. And you'll ask your instinct, well, why? And it won't explain why. It'll just be a feeling. And your mind will say, well, I can't make a decision if I don't understand why. And your instinct will say, well, that's tough luck because I don't know why. I'm just telling you <coughs> as strong as I can to not do this thing. And that's to me where it's really hard because the mind will have a million reasons to do it. Yeah. Or if it's the flip situation, your mind will, can think of a re- million reasons not to do something. But your heart will just say, no, this is what you're meant to do. And if someone asks you, why are you doing this? You know, can't you think of all these reasons to not do it? You say, yes, I can. Well, then explain to me why you're doing it. I can't explain it, but that's what we're going to do. And I've learned, I've had some brutal lessons over the, just the last six months where I had this really, really strong instinct, for example, to not work with a certain company. And not for ethical reasons. It, I, again, I couldn't explain it. I said, "I have a really bad feeling about this. I don't want to do it. And I would try to come up with reasons to explain it. Like, I don't like their name. I don't like their logo. You know, things that yeah, seem yeah, very aesthetic yeah. and surface. And and to me, in a way, they did seem like good reasons not to do it. but then the experience would, would prove itself. I would go against it. I'd listen to someone I trust and said, look, I really think we should, and here's why. And they'd have these very rational reasons. I said, well, you know what? When you put it like that and you list all those facts, maybe it is, I'll put aside my instinct, I'll go against my instinct, and then it would just be a disaster. <laughs> now, you could say, well, maybe I made it a disaster because I you know, subconsciously willed that, but I don't think so. I think that was a lesson of, I should have listened to my instinct even without having that, that factual satisfaction of being able to say why. Mm. Um, that's one of the final frontiers to me of the creative endeavor is following your instinct almost across the board no matter what, uh, ruthlessly, uh, even if it's not in a strange way in your best interest. That's when it gets really brutal because you're serving a, a cause that is bigger than yourself and at times it might ask you to sacrifice your own best interest in 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 in, 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 in because of the cause.
0: <laughs> and do you think that's something that you guys have kind of learned over the years? I'm I'm assuming when you started out together, how many years ago was that now? Twenty.
1: About twenty, 20 years. years.
0: About twenty years ago, you weren't this kind of astute and and weren't this is kind of. I mean, maybe you were. Maybe you you already had this positive mindset down, and you developed all these ideas, and you'd got these instincts that you could knew to trust. But maybe it's something you've developed over the 20 years. I don't know. When did these, we got better these, these conversations it. start getting yeah, deeper? A, you got better explaining.
1: Yeah, and understanding it. I think it was going on, but I just didn't. Mm. It was the same the same material. I just didn't notice it the same way and appreciate it the same way. And this, a lot of what I think anyone learns go, is, comes from interpreting what's already happened and trying to understand it especially if you if your life has surprised you or been strange to you, you want to say, how did this happen? And if it's been great, then you want to figure out how did it happen so I can make more of it happen. A lot of the last 20 years, I feel like i was in been in a trance where things were occurring that I was hypnotized by and the idea that I had any influence over them, it seems very alien and strange. I can't, it seems like it was a lot out of my power and I think to a large degree it was because in a very straightforward sense other people were involved and they had their input and made things what they've become for my benefit but then there's also this this x factor of of magic that is pretty hard to deny that maybe i facilitated maybe i'm just lucky enough to been in the midst of Um, maybe the trance is when you allow that magic to take over, and you don't, you stop trying to assert yourself and your own will as hard, and, and try to do what destiny wants you to do. For a long time, I thought that destiny worked where you you have your dream, and you you make it happen. But now I really think that destiny happens to you, and you either fight it or you let it pull you where you're meant to go. And it might be very different than what you imagined for yourself, or what you desired for yourself, or what your interests were, what your tastes were. But that's sort of the test, the challenge, is to see, can you uh, lower yourself enough to become what the larger world wants you to be, or what your true self wants you to be?
2: Well, and also to, to answer your question, 20 years ago, I was a complete wreck, madman, but you know… Um, <laughs> you but said this
0: twice now. Could what, you?
1: I don't i don't know really I mean. and... were you a wreck or not <laughs> <laughs> well I, I somewhat was can you but... give me
0: any more detail what, do you mean just in a terms complete
1: of complete wreck you weren't a complete wreck not 20 years ago like you actually... like
0: drinking drugs or like mental sure health all of it or... yeah, everything
1: right. yeah bring it
0: not taking care of yourself
1: not, um,
2: like... no but in, mm. and and you know for kind of like this, this whole conversation for me all of that of what we're talking about just hasn't come easy you know mm. but that's the thing that I was saying earlier is, I think once you're aware of it, you know, it's the blessing or the curse, you know, because then you can either choose to you're you're aware that you're being a dick, or that you're being, you know, like really embracing something. Oh, this sucks, or whatever. But or, or you can you know, the positive side of it is you 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 realize you don't have to do that anymore, mm. you know, and it makes it easy.
0: And how much do you think the benefit of retrospect plays into this? Because obviously, as you get older, you have the more experience, and you have the benefit of looking back on. Yeah.
1: That's gotta be one of the greatest things about living mm. is getting to think about the living you've already done. Um, hopefully, it can, be, it can be painful, but hopefully you have some sort of inner resource that allows you to face yourself. And yourself will always be to some degree your past because that's really the only thing we can think about is what has already occurred to some extent. It um, can
2: be painful and it is painful and it can be damn right humbling. Mm.
1: You know? Well, it seems like it will always be humbling
0: this is a really cheesy question, but people ask it all the time. But if you could go back like 20 years and give yourself one piece of advice, do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about what that could be?
1: Yeah, I'd say don't invest in a nightclub. <laughs> uh, that would be very simple. <laughs> I have I, 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 I wished that I could go back and do that. I've actually had visions where I've seen myself I swear, there's, a, there's a, a, an alternate dimension where that reality is still playing out. Well,
0: uh, you, it, did he get shut down with the police?
1: No, 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 our lease ended. Oh, well, there was a few times, yeah. There was one time when, uh, some, for some reason, the doors got locked and then that case was thrown out. It, you know, mm. it, was a, it was a bogus kind of uh, drug thing. You know, some drug dealer right. was in the club.
2: But if you really want to look on the bright side of that club, you guys had cool t-shirts.
1: We had cool t-shirts. I had my wedding there. Yeah, you did. Oh, we amazing. had a lot of amazing concerts there. Um, and, and even that, with that being said, I was kind of joking when I would say that, because I was just trying to think of something literal. Usually when when I've answered that same great question, yeah. it's been something like, it's don't not, be afraid, or- question. It's a question, fine. No, it's a great question, <laughs> but I would say, don't be afraid and, and and just stay strong, or something that was a bit vague. But even that experience of, of, of for example, being one of the, the owners of a nightclub or investing in this nightclub it was like going to college and I've never been to college so I can only imagine I imagine this is must be what it would be like going to college a hundred times over all at once like going to college and graduate school and getting a PhD all at the same time and not even knowing that that's what you signed up for like waking up in in an anxiety nightmare where all of a sudden you're enrolled in this advanced college course, and everyone would say, well, wait, why, why aren't you at your classes? Don't you know that that final is later tonight? How come you even turned your essay in? You say, what is even going on? I didn't know this was how it was gonna be. So, you know, jumping in, throwing yourself into the deep end, and if, I, if I'm really honest with myself, with those kind of experiences, I did know that that's probably what was gonna happen, deep, 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 deep down inside, yeah. trial by fire. But as Eric and I have talked about quite a bit lately, there is a profound difference between understanding an idea mentally or when someone says, yeah, sometimes, you know, what would be a lesson? I don't know. Uh, any valuable lesson to understand it and, and, and have someone tell you it versus going through it yourself is two different things. Mm. And I, could ne- I even though I understood all these things enough to say that would be a mistake, I had to make the mistake <laughs> yeah. to tell a child, don't touch the f- flame. It will burn you is empty information until they touch the flame and they say, well, that really is hot and that hurts. I won't do that again. That's an interior experience. And, and that must be a lot of what life is, is, is accumulating interior experiences that actually flesh you out from the inside out. Otherwise it's just empty facts swimming around in your head with no, uh, concrete example to turn to, to, to remember, to okay. know as real. Like yes, fire really does burn you. I don't. I'm not just taking someone's word for it.
0: If I ever am in a restaurant and someone puts a plate down in front of me and says, "Don't touch the plate; it's hot," that's without a doubt the first thing I will do.
1: And it usually isn't that hot. It's never that hot. Yeah, because yeah, you know, <laughs> they always are overstating it for insurance reasons.
0: <laughs> How about you, Eric? Twenty years ago.
1: That's a good enough answer. Yeah, you're entitled to answer okay, that question you. that way. Oh,
2: yeah. I, I thought you <coughs> I thought you answered it so beautifully. I was, I, I thought we were off the, off the hook.
1: We can consider it answered, in my book at least.
0: I've enjoyed this. Thank you. I, when we said parting, I really thought we were going to be talking about mini sausage rolls and
1: hey, <laughs> you know that everyone already understands how party mini sausage rolls are, and and. Uh, The band has also been enjoying party rings.
0: Oh my God, I love them. We
1: got given some party rings. That's those really crunchy cookies Mm. with the concrete frosting. Concrete frosting. I mean, it is, yeah, yeah, it's hard.
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: So yeah, yeah, thank you very much for the conversation and and some thought provoking ideas.
0: Mm, Thank you for sharing so many thoughts with us. Thank you. Our 50th episode.
1: Yes, thank you for making us number (laughs) 50. That's a golden anniversary, right? The golden, that's a golden episode.
0: A big thanks to Andrew and Eric. You can find our show notes and past 49 episodes at talktheline.blog. Next week, I'm talking to German born British composer Max Richter about his love of the Japanese writer Haruki Murakami. You have been listening to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. This podcast is produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. It is a podcast from the line of Best Fit. Please do subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or if you want to give us a nice birthday treat, leave us a review. See you next week.